What's up, everybody? Welcome to The 180 with Eric Lockley. I'm your host, Eric Lockley. There are moments in life that define us, that lead us to crossroads where we have to choose one path or another. Join me as we dive into our guest's turning points. Let's laugh, heal, and be inspired together as we pull back the curtain on how our guest made The 180. Sometimes life gets hard when you're on your journey. Don't stop, keep going, you can turn it around. The 180, yes, it's a big change. The 180, your life won't be the same. The 180, you can do it. Say yes to your beautiful future. The 180, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thank you. You know, I'm always, I'm always down for some nineties. Always ID, harmonies. A sitcom I theme need song. harmonies. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y- y'all hear her already. It is Miss Dewanda Wise here with us. Ah, oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's her. And <laughs> thrilled to have you here, Dewanda. Thrilled to be here. And I'm gonna do a, a little brief intro because you know. I respect the people that come on my show, so I want to let the people know in case they don't know who they talking to. Love it. As a 15-year-old high school sophomore, DeWanda Wise was introduced to her love and passion for the art of acting. Mm-hmm. Since graduating from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts, shout out Tisch, DeWanda's career has spanned theater, TV, and film. A notable stage credit was her role as Olivia in Fireflies by Donye R. Love, produced by Atlantic Theater Company. From TV, you may recognize her as the free-spirited rule-breaker Nola Darling from Netflix's She's Gotta Have It, inspired by Spike Lee's classic 1986 film. Or you may recognize DeWanda from the iconic show Underground, where she brought to life the character of Clara. And currently, Wise is performing alongside Kevin Hart in the Netflix heartwarming comedy Fatherhood. And next summer, we'll see DeWanda on the big screen with big dinosaurs in Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, please help me welcome the extremely Yay. talented, vibrant, lovely, awesome <laughs> human being and my friend, Doanda Wise to the 180. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing really well today. Um, I'm in Boston. It's been raining, but it's not raining today. So I won. Yeah, it was raining in New York, too. I know. Too. It's like there was this one tweet about how Mother Nature knew we were going to show out from Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> And so, so she did right. what she had to do, and I was like, "Yeah, she did." She's like, "Stay she your ass down. inside. Sit down. Sit down." <laughs> and I mean, this this is gonna air yeah. a little later, but yesterday was your birthday, so I'm just gonna say, "Happy birthday, <laughs> Dewanda! Happy birthday, Dewanda! Happy birthday, Dewanda Wise! Happy birthday, Dewanda!" Serenades are always, always welcome, always. Always. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I didn't do it right now, you were going to get some type of voice message, and I was going to be silly and sing it. Um, but yeah, another 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 year around the, around the sun. Amen. A blessing. Okay, so we're gonna play a little game. Okay. Um, to get started. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna be silly. I think you're gonna get all of them because it's. Pretty much about your collaborators. Oh, okay. And I, think I was like, that, am I, I, I going to get all of them? Or I'm yeah, gonna, I think you're going to Or I'm going to be like, I do not know her. Like, what is going <laughs> to... Don't pull a Mariah. <laughs> I don't know her. I don't know no. her. 
I don't know. No, I don't know her. It's game time on the 180. The name of the game is. How do we get there? The Wanda Wise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy uh, coming up with cheesy, silly names. I'm here for, for it. this game. Okay. All right. So you're gonna tell me which of your collaborators I'm describing. Okay. I'm scared. Go ahead. So, and this spans your whole career. Okay. So, well, my memory we is quite long. I do randomly <laughs> be like, oh yeah, that thing. I forgot all about that. That's good. Okay. That's good. Good. So I might reach out to you because you've worked with this boss lady who is now one of the leaders of the most iconic destination in Harlem. She's a filmmaker, producer, director, and plenty more. And while I don't think she's been featured in the popular magazine that has her namesake, I have no doubt that one day she will be. Who we talk about? Oh my god, I have no idea. <laughs> no, no. You know, you really don't. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. The popular magazine that has her namesake. Uh huh. Okay. Um, say all of that one more time. This is terrible. Okay, okay, okay. okay. This is terrible. I'm gonna give you the highlights. Okay, you're gonna this boss lady boss. is now one of the leaders of the most iconic destinations in Harlem. Hold up, leaders. Yeah, she's one of the leaders of the most iconic. It is it is the most iconic destination in Harlem. And she's a leader of it. Uh Uh-huh. And she's a filmmaker, producer, and director. You worked with her as a director. Okay. (laughs) Filmmaker. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm gonna start easy. I mean, actually, this this isn't this actually might not be easy. Producer, director. Mm Mm-hmm. Filmmaker. Um I'm just gonna start naming. Go ahead, go ahead. One more thing. (laughs) Most recently, this is so uh, embarrassing. Between the World and Me was something that she worked on. Camilla Forbes. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is correct. Here's the blessing. Here's how I'm going to defend uh-huh. myself in this very embarrassing moment. Here's how I'm going to uh-huh. embar- here's how I'm going to defend myself in this very Camilla you're fucking phenomenal. I apologize. She way. is. Um it's because I've worked with so many boss ladies. That's so true. That I is very, like, very true. I was legit just you like, consistently... I don't know what powerful black woman you're referring to right now. Did one of them start a business in Harlem that I don't know about? I really right. need to reach out <laughs> and check in. Oh, Okay, what's the next one? I'm ready. I know. We'll, 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 yeah, you're, you, I think tricky. it gets easier after this. That was tricky. It was. and It shouldn't have been. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep. So this is actually a dinosaur now. So you know, I love that. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna get easier. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. But you're gonna get this one, and if not, we're just gonna do the same thing, and I'm gonna keep giving you clues. Okay. Okay. So considering your role in the Jurassic universe, I may talk to you about these dinosaurs that existed during the early Jurassic period, about 193 million years ago. Absolutely. Three skeletons were discovered in northern Arizona in 1940. At about 23 feet in length, with a weight of about 880 pounds. This species, genus name, a genus name, that's how you say it, means two-crested lizard. And if none of that helps, in the first Jurassic Park movie, they made a mess of Dennis Nerdry's face. Oh, is it the Dilophosaurus? Yes. Yo, I am not ready for these eight-year-olds. Let me be very clear. I'm not. I'm not ready. They know their dinosaurs. They know their dinosaurs. I'm like, is there a crash course before press? Because I need it. If you are eight and you love dinosaurs and you would like to educate me, please reach out. 
They will know. I am here. They're like, that's no longer the Allosaurus. That's a Brachiosaurus. No, seriously. Um, it's not going to be good. <laughs> we decided how to pronounce a dinosaur's name. Like, you could choose between two pronunciations. Uh-huh. And I, and I can't wait for the backlash of that. Oh, wow. I know. It's just like... It's tricky. Yeah, people are serious about their dinosaurs. Everyone's rooting for the dinosaurs. Everyone's rooting for the dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, next one. You attended NYU with this Chicago born and bred actress. Gina She's Rodriguez. Currently the... <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I just love it because since we were at NYU at the same time, I'm like, it could be a lot of people. But you just, but you knew she's from Chicago, it's I guess. There's only one from That's my all heart. You needed. There's only one. There's only one in my heart. <laughs> well, you you got it right. I feel like, I feel like Alex Trebek alone. I'm like, wait, can I just, can I finish the, true. the clue? It's true. You didn't. It's true. But I mean, the next part was she's currently the voice of an iconic character that you can always find somewhere in the world. Where in the and world is Carmen a... San Diego? Exactly. You got it. Yeah. So I just really wanted to say that because where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, what's up, Gina? Um. Okay. Now I'm like, uh, yeah. Next. These are good. I feel, I feel very accomplished. Yes. Okay. And, okay, did you and Gina just work on that one, the one film, right? Well, it was always very serendipitous because Gina and Alano were cast in a pilot that didn't happen. Oh. Uh-huh. So they were cast in a pilot that they were both held for like a year and then it didn't happen. And then she booked uh, Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. And Alana was, Alana yep, was, Alana was yeah. perfect for it. And she put them down. She put them on. Hey. And then, um, you know, someone great came about. And I text her and I was like, I feel like there's a role for me. Am I correct? Because I'm a little witchy. <laughs> um, yes. And there was. Yes. Someone great. That's a, that a funny, beautiful film. Thank you. I'm proud of y'all. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Next one. You brought out his sweet side, but this brother was like the Black Rambo in a sequel of a notable horror franchise. If you're feeling insecure about who I'm thinking of, maybe a hint involving Santa will make it clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I've also worked with so many dudes. Hold up. That's a dude. Or, uh-huh. or it is a male dude. identifying human, right? Uh-huh. Okay. And uh-huh. He, he, this brother was like the Black Rambo in a sequel of a notable horror franchise. Oh, wait. Uh-huh. Are you talking about Elon? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. Yes. Insecure. Last, yes, yes, insecure. Yeah, you heard it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you got the clues. And Noel is his, you know. I, yes. I, yes, it's his actual. Yes. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Also, another, you're picking like the most kind, beautiful humans too, which is, I know. I think you're just, your spirit is in (laughs) tune. That's good. I was like, I mean, you know, I also have experienced most of these people and I'm like, oh, they make me, they bring me joy. That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this next one, I might, may or may not know. (laughs) This actress and producer is a descendant of Esther Elwell, who's one of the accused during the Salem witch trials. And she loves the big city. <laughs> Somebody's a descendant? Uh-huh. Of a witch? Of the Yeah, she was one of the accused uh, during the Salem witch trials. What? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I worked with a witch and I didn't know it. I mean, I don't know that she's a witch, but she her is. If her, if her, if her ancestors is a witch, she's a witch too. I know. I just can't believe I didn't feel that. Okay, let me think. Actress, producer. Mm-hmm. And she loves the big city. I, I like really. I got lazy on this one, so she loves the big. Who doesn't? Oh. Okay. Uh, I was gonna put a butter reference in there. A butter reference. <laughs> You were gonna it's put. So funny. I wish people could see. <laughs> You're like, and that doesn't help. You were gonna put a butter reference. Um. Uh huh. I have no idea. She has three names. There we go. That's 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 gonna do it for you. She has three names: an actress, producer. Mm-hmm. That I've worked with. Can you give me a year? It was your first film, so now you're gonna get it now. Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> yes. That's it. You got it. I can't go back that far. I, that was far. I know. That was far. That was so far. Okay. And now this will be the last one. Okay. This is, this is going to... You got this one. You married this man. <laughs> I do not know him. <laughs> I do not know this man. Sorry to this know. man. I'm sorry. I need more clues. I don't know. <laughs> I need more clues. I need more clues. Uh, Alano Herbeto Miller. Oh, yes, that's it. <laughs> Somehow, I just found out his that was his middle name. That's his middle and name. And so I'm amused that you really you really said it. You said the full thing and with an accent. With the, you got to get it right. You got to get it right. Oh, yes, Alano. Um which is your yes. how we met just in case ha- in case listeners did not know that. Eric yes, is I, literally single-handedly responsible for me meeting not only the love of my life, but my actual soulmate, which those two things don't always correlate. Mm, that is that is a word. That's true. Oh, we could have long, long conversations about these <laughs> things. Um, but yes, yes, I will never forget on 125th Street in Harlem at a Starbucks. It was very, it was actually really beautiful. But Alano and I were chilling. And I think you text messaged me something. Nope, about, it was the opposite. You and I. It was the opposite? You and I were, were meeting up. You and I were meeting up. And Alana was the you stalker. And he texted you like, what are you doing? And you were like, oh, I'm and meeting I up with like, Wanda. And he decided to be the creep of my life. <laughs> that is so funny. Yes, because that would make sense. Because I think we were maybe talking about something with the movement or, you know, something related to the theater. Yep. And, yeah. And then he was like, what you doing? Yep. Wow. Oh, that Starbucks is still there. <laughs> a lot less seating, a lot less seating. Still the crackheads around it, though. <laughs> All right, quick sidebar. Dewanda and Alana were actually in the same room a few nights before the Starbucks meeting at my theater company, the Movement Theater Company's Love Lockdown, which was a Valentine's Day event where ideally you're going to find your love and lock it down. And so it's kind of ironic that Dewanda and Alano were in that same room that day at the Love Lockdown, and they for sure, for sure, a few months later, locked it down and got married. Like, what? But yeah, I just I had to say that because the movement like made love happen with their Love Lockdown event. And that's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, this was great. You did a really great job at Dewanda Wise. I did a mediocre job at best. <laughs> Yeah, but you're supportive and I appreciate it. I'm always supportive. Um, and now we just want to get to know you a little better. So I'm going to ask you some questions about what you would do okay. 
If you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why? The first one that came to my mind was my namesake. So my nickname growing up was Pooh Bear. I have no idea. I'm from Maryland. We have nicknames that don't mean anything, that don't correlate to anything. That's not a shortened, it's not a shortened version of anything. It's just Pooh Bear. That was my nickname. But I do believe that names are powerful. And so other than my deep and unending love of all things sweet and delicious, it would be interesting to know why spiritually Pooh Bear called to my family as my nickname. Mm, yeah. Wow. And I, I feel like I had an Aunt Pooh, uh, like a cousin Pooh. <laughs> something about Pooh. Just felt so right for like. So right for Baltimore. I don't know. Yeah, so it. right for Baltimore. Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so, you would, so you would hang out with Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. I would. I would hang out with the whole gang. I would try to probably counsel and become codependent with Eeyore. It would be real bad. I know. Ooh. Eeyore needs so much help. God bless him. Eeyore needs therapy, and I would try and probably right. get frustrated. <laughs> right. Story of my life. Um, <laughs> um, so next one. <laughs> if you could have the power of teleportation right now, where would you go and why? Uh, the power of pe- teleportation. I feel like, honestly, and this is me being very zen and present, um, mm-hmm. the first answer is, Nowhere, because I think it's important to really learn how to bring that sense of calm and vacation to yourself wherever you are. Um, mm-hmm. But also as a person who has been like many of us, um, you know, kind of stuck in a merit of speaking for the last year plus, um, yeah. you know, the first place I'm almost tomorrow will mark like fully Vaxland. So yeah. I'm definitely going to go home to Maryland and see my family as soon as possible because it's been a really long time. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, that that the journey of like not being able to see family members and loved ones has been a lot in the moment that you can is like, yeah, so beautiful. So beautiful. I, I, I did a little road trip last year and was going to go through Maryland. And this was still, you know, we were all nervous about it. Yes. But I was like, hey, mommy, daddy, I'm coming through. Can I say hi? And they were like, you can stay in the car. And I was like, okay. I, would, I was like, whatever the rules are. You can stay. Listen to your parents and that those boundaries. Right. And I was like, whatever. It's fine. And I knew they were. I knew. I kind of knew they were playing. Yeah. But I was like, we, you know. Yeah, sure. we'll see what happens on the day. I got there. And they like, they, they were, come inside, come inside, boy. And then all of a sudden, I was like talking and we were trying to be a little distance. And my mother said, come hug me, boy. Aww. I said, okay. And then we hugged and it was so sweet. And she was like, I, I, it'll be okay. And I was like, yes, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. You're like, that is what I needed. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes. It was so beautiful. No, I just, I just hung out with my mom for Mother's Day. You know, I did the whole yeah. thing, like super cautious, blah, blah, blah. But she was fully right. vaccinated. Um, and I hadn't seen her since like Thanksgiving of 2019. Ooh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a and long I, time. yeah, t- too long. With me and my mom, that's crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. Oh. Yeah. And I love your mother. <laughs> she warms my heart. I just listen. Anyone who does not love Margie is not to be trusted. I don't. What? Right. How? How? Right. <laughs> She's so sweet and so wonderful and so joyous. Yes, yeah. I love Margie. Yeah. 
Now, this is a quick lightning round of wise or despise, which I will tell you was inspired by Chanel Carroll. Because I said, I'm going to talk to DeWanda. <laughs> and she said, you should do. And I was like, I got to think of a game. And she was like, oh, I don't wise or despise i was like i like that name Chanel's brilliant she is she is and you just figured out a game that made sense (laughs) right yeah so i'm gonna say some things and then you just tell me if you like if that's a wise thing or you despise it okay it's kind of random all right all right here we go ketchup on eggs wise or despise wise slow walkers wise or despise despise (laughs) people who drive in their car blasting music Wise or despise? Wise. <laughs> Chocolate ice cream. Wise or despise? Very wise. <laughs> Fabric softener. Wise or despise? Despise. Skin allergies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I despise fabric softener too. And I don't have allergies. I just feel like, why? It's an extra step. It's an extra step. It's an extra expense. They just keep making right. new things. Exactly. It bothers me. Yeah. Um, the last one. Uh, reality TV, wise or despise? Despise, unfortunately. I wish I were more fun, but I'm just not. <laughs> I think it's very detrimental. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous because it's not reality at this point. Yeah, it's scripted. Silly. Yeah, unreality. It's weird. Cut to me doing. Cut to me doing a reality series <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in like two years. Oh no! I should. I wanted to say this. I was thinking about this before we even jumped on. I sh- I was like, listen. Just know, anyone listening, anything I say, I might not believe tomorrow, and that's okay. And that's okay. It also okay. gives you permission to change your mind yes. on something that you believe with the wholeness of your heart today. Mm. <laughs> that is so true. That's good. That's good. That's a word. We need to allow each other to have, give permission to change your mind. Give each other permission to change our minds. Because it's real. We change. We're ever evolving. It's real. We change. Yes. Well, now I'm just going to ask you about life and all that good stuff. Awesome. In terms of acting, performing, what initially got you into it? I always think about it in terms of, I really, it's hard to divorce it or disassociate it without recognizing the fact that I just quit so many things because I would not have, Mm. you know, I wouldn't have discovered it if I wasn't just bouncing from one thing to another and uh-huh. the thing that i quit right before acting uh <laughs> was ironically ironically was art class <laughs> really so so i was taking um i was in art class and you know any visual artist knows that it's a long game medium Mm. acting is too which you don't know because in the beginning every you just think you're great and you don't realize until hindsight like that you were not great yet you know time and a lot of effort yeah it takes a lot of time and effort and all that but at the time you know i'm in art class i'm like two weeks in and i'm still not picasso (laughs) or you know what i mean like Like, i'm not amy Sherrill yet yeah i'm just like how am I not Carrie Mae Weems? And so, <laughs> you know, so 15-year-old me was just like, I'm bored. I don't want to draw any more straight lines. I don't want to draw any more circles. Uh-huh. And it was the combination between that and also wanting to be another shortcut. You know, I've been in choir my Oof. entire life. So I wanted to be in choir 
without being in choir class because choir class was just the kids who would act up and get on my nerves. Uh-huh. So I just wanted to be in choir. So the, the, the loophole in my high school to be in choir without being in choir class and also the thing that would get me out of art class was taking drama. Uh-huh. So that's how it started. So you it were started, like, what's my out from this other thing? <laughs> what is my out from these other things? It was it was a, wow. one of those choices you make that was actually not a, a forward choice. It was a choice, a reactionary choice yeah. that was an antithesis, antithetical to something else. And that just happened to be serendipitously my, my life purpose, which is really funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. And yeah. is there something that you gleamed from your childhood now as an adult that um, really you think uh, you feel moved you forward, pushed you forward, gave you kind of the stamina for this career? I think I just, you know, I had a lot of space. Mm. Um, And I think that's indicative of anyone who, you know, like us grew up in the 90s. You know what I mean? It's like we could we could play outside. There was just a whole lot probably like from <laughs> from a modern day parental perspective mm-hmm. far too much freedom and um you know that kind of freedom of exploration and also of permission to like make my own mistakes mm. really created a foundation of self-confidence and self-trust um uh and risk taking and there's so much about how i operate now that um really like many of us right really germinated from that kind of like from my from early childhood you know that at the time you're not even thinking about it in any obviously you're not thinking about it in developmental terms or what it's going to turn into you're just kind of living your life and um you know i i didn't live up i just didn't live with a lot of surveillance Mm. um you know i i'm gonna sound like an old auntie right now but (laughs) You know, I, I feel bad for kids because like social media is so, such a high level of constant and chronic surveillance. You know, it's it's hard to come into your own skin with that degree of scrutiny. Yeah. You know, and, and with that degree of self-scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So by happenstance, you know, I was raised by a single mom and she ain't have time for all that, <laughs> you know, helicopter parenting. Yeah. She's just like we were latchkey kids. You know, um, we got hurt. We went to the hospital, patched us up, came back. Uh (laughs) And I think I think between that kind of freedom and also having a mother and a brother who, you know, let me do two things, who let me cry because I was a very emotional kid Mm. and who let me quit. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Yeah, let you cry and let you quit. Oh, that's that. That's really a word because it's it's about like how necessary it is to have people around you that can let you express yourself freely and make decisions. You know, um, because yeah, some people whether they were raised this way or surround themselves with people who are always going to tell them, "Well, this is what you need to do." Well, how yeah. about? And it's like sometimes I just let me let me get it, it out, out and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't realize it the the control, parental control thing. I didn't realize it until I got to NYU and you know, a lot of uh our peers mm-hmm. were kind of um 
fiscally tied to their parents. Mm. Like there was a, a degree of like financial control right. over what they could or could not do. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go over here and do this. I was right. like, oh no, we ain't got no money, but my mama don't do that. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I just went back. I think... Did you do hair or Wyatu? Wyatu, both of us. Yes, y'all would do hair because yes. I had cornrows for yes. a hot moment, and I remember yes. Wyatu uh, did my cornrows. Yes, me and Wyatu would do hair. I did Denise hair before she just decided to be like <laughs> short all the time. You know, wow. she was in grad school when we were in undergrad. Yeah, um, yeah, we used to listen. <laughs> yeah, hustle, <laughs> hustle. Um. During your time, or during our time, but during your time at NYU, mm-hmm. what is what are some of the experiences that you had that you feel like uh, prepared you for the career? And was there anything that you felt uh, unprepared for, not necessarily because of NYU, but was there anything that you felt after you graduated you were unprepared for? I think a lot of, one for me, NYU was a continuation of an under... Um, like in to and often discussed skill, which is an acknowledgement that no matter where you're from, how you grow up, you know, in American society and Western society, you are in a system, mm, whether yes. you want to be or not. Mm-hmm. So because I was, you know, necessarily a resourceful kid, I then became super conscientious of the ways in which NYU was just another system Mm. to kind of like figure out and uh, push the boundaries of and, you know, figure out which rules were kind of concrete, like brick rules, and which ones were just kind of more cultural or like, Mm. you know, does that have to be a rule? (laughs) Yeah, really? Like... Is it like I, you know, I was just talking to, I just talked to a class from one of my uh, former professors, Paul Orcioli. I just taught the Paul's class. He's at USC now. Oh, Paul. And I was telling them how I, I graduated. I'm pretty sure I graduated a credit short Mm. in theater because I was like, you know, trying to double major, Uh you know, in urban studies. Yeah. And I just asked. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was an accident, but appropriate. I just asked. Like, I yeah, just, sometimes it's just as simple as that. Ask for what you want. Ask for what you need. I yeah. just asked. I was just like, listen, I, you know, I, I'm a double major with a minor. Like, can you just let it slide? And they did, you know. And, and I feel like I, you know, for lack of a better phrase, um, I got away with a lot at NYU just because I was just like, you know, there was the from everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was a Tisch scholar not because I was invited in my freshman year, but just because I learned that you could apply to be a Tisch Scholar. And I don't think a lot of people uh-huh. actually knew that. Uh-huh. They probably still don't know that. If you go to Tisch, <laughs> you can apply to be a Tisch Scholar. Tisch Scholar. <laughs> you don't have to be selected. You can apply and then be selected. <laughs> you right. can apply your sophomore year and then be selected. Yeah. You know, so there are all those kind of things that that really enriched my time and also to your original point, your original question served as a, a real like launching pad mm. in Hollywood because Hollywood is the system of all systems. Right. You know what I yes, mean? It's yes. just, you have to learn what it is. 
uh, and what it becomes because it's changed a lot mm. um, in the time that I've actually like started, you know, working and acting. And you kind of have to challenge, you know, everybody, but you have to challenge what the, you know, pervasive kind of norms or rules are because none of the none of the Hollywood rules are concrete rules. All the Hollywood all the Hollywood rules can be changed. Right, right. All of them are nonsense. It depends They're on nonsense. who you are, who you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just you just be like. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have to do it that way. And, you know, and then they're like... Right. The, the head of Disney said so. And then you're like, yeah, but like, I mean, <laughs> what if we just asked? What if we just asked? Just asked. So yes. um, that on, on that side. And then on the flip side, I think what's challenging for every actor coming out of any training program anywhere is the, you know... When you're training, you play roles that you're never gonna, mm-hmm. or you think you're never gonna. Right, 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 right. So it gives you this like breadth of uh, kind of experience and a skill set. And then you graduate and you're like, oh, wait, I can't play Prospero on the Tempest? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You're like, wait, wait, why not? Why not? So- you know what I mean? And you're kind of confronted immediately with, you know, what everyone knows, which is that need that people have to kind of like encapsulate you or understand you or put you in a box. Right. So that is actually something that for me, um, as an actor who has no interest in being branded or being like known for something Mm. or, you know, creating a brand, that's something that has been a recurring challenge and a recurring conversation Mm. Um, and you know, it's, I've, I've had to accept that, you know, it comes with cost and, um, you know, it requires more patience. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you for sharing that. Cause that's, that is so insightful. And I definitely think not enough actors are probably thinking about that but also that's insight into the challenges that that it can create in terms of trying to build a career that doesn't look like i'm the it girl for this you know what i mean yes and it's like yes. oh if, if you don't want to be but everyone's like no no you need to you should it'll help you and you're like no mm-hmm. i actually want to make choices on my own and do what i want to do and not how, be what everybody else sees me as yeah 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 because it's a trap you know yeah They're like They'll be like, you're the it girl for this. And then you do it for like 10 times. And then they're like, all right, we tired of you. Right. And you're like, oh, but wait. <laughs> right. But, but y'all told me. You told me this But you was told it. me this was good. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Well, I'm I'm proud of you for for like saying, I ain't going to do that. I ain't doing it. I just did it. <laughs> I do. I have to do that a lot. Yeah. I have to do that a lot. Um, now, you you talked about earlier, you know, you've definitely worked with a lot of boss ladies uh, women in this industry, in the arts entertainment industry, um, who would you say are some either role models or people that you feel like you've learned a lot from in, in your journey? I Darnell Martin, always, because, you know, not only was she the first woman. So Darnell uh, broke like barriers in the 90s uh, by being the first black woman to direct uh, a studio film. Mm. Um, so she is brilliant her career is expansive and she also was the first woman first person to cast me as a lead in anything 
Um, and she's just, you know, she's still a constant gift in my life, you know, and mm. at present, you know, I have no doubt in all the faith and also producerial capacity to make sure that we work together again. But um, she's also just such a deep spiritual guide, you know, like she's a, a, a woman who, like me, cares as much about um, the wholeness, the fullness, the spiritual development of a person as they do about like, you know, their talent or career yeah. or whatever. And so, you know, um, we filmed, we filmed Firelight 10 years ago and, right. and she's still, you know, such a important beacon and touchstone in my life. Mm, nice. Mm, I'm just thinking about, I'm like, wow, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> Like, I know, me too. I just said it and I was like, girl. Time, <laughs> time yeah. is wild. So along your journey, whether career or personal, is there a moment that you feel like was transitional where either you decided to turn things around or things were turning around and you were like, all right, let me figure out how to navigate this. Did you have a 180? Yeah, I. so I have... I have so many one. I'm sure. That's why. I mean, when you when you emailed me, when you texted me to be like, "Oh, would you want to do this?" I was like, "Dang, which time am I going to talk about?" Yeah. Because I, you know, Alano and I share this in common. Um, we feel very strongly that we don't need to experience something to learn the lesson from it. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's powerful. I just, you know, and I think. I thank God for that kind of like grace and foresight. And also, again, going back to kind of my childhood, my mom and brother would say some, they would say this thing to me when I was a kid and they'd just be like, I'm not kidding you, y'all. I love them so much. I hope they're not mad at me for telling y'all this. But they would literally just be like, don't do what we do. <laughs> they're like, don't do what we do. Don't, don't, don't. Don't do what we do. That's, wow. So they would legit always say that. And because they, you know, because of that, I really strongly believe, you know, I could be like, I could witness something or observe something or, or meet someone who was in a position that, you know, I aspire to mm -hmm. and kind of see, you know, the, the like traps inherent in, you know, what was before me or what I hoped was before me, you know? Uh, but the thing that came to mind, I'll speak on the the thing that came to mind most recently because it's been at this point, I am now three years in mm. to the kind of like ramifications of a choice I made mm. in 2018. Oh, you better tell the story. <laughs> the summer of 2018, I was filming season two of She's Gotta Have It, which was very challenging. Mm. And, you know, I, like many normal humans, um, was finding myself uh, venting um, about, you know, work and Hollywood uh, to, you know, my closest friends. Mm. And over the course of the remainder of that year, you know, it was right after that I like worked on a play and the play I was very romantic about. 
you know, and I was like, oh my goodness, theater will save me. Mm-hmm. It was theater's perfect. And, and that was also a really challenging <laughs> right. experience in, mm-hmm. in many ways. And so it actually made me really laugh because by the time we opened the play, I was just, I just had to laugh at how, you know, romantic I had been about it. Mm. And, you know, just, I was like, now nah, I got to do this show. <laughs> this swells my eyeballs up to golf balls eight times eight a times, week. Right, right. And you were like, I'm, oh, I'm so excited eight to do this. Times and a week, and I'm like, not kidding, y'all. Yeah, you were crying. I was, I was like, oh, I was like exhausted. It was hilarious. So by the time I, you know, reached the end of that year, I just realized that the some of the tools that I was using to cope were not actually serving me. Mm. They weren't actually helping me to make sense of what I was experiencing. And it wasn't it didn't go anywhere. So often, you know, when people think like, oh, it's so nice, like to have a friend to vent to and da 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 da. You know, when you get caught up in a cycle like that, um, it's it can just create and engender, and I'll only speak for myself, but it created an engender um, of just a very like dark kind of like negative, mm. you know, cloud. And it, it, it also clouded my vision because it was difficult for me to, to be able to therefore see all the the growth, the personal growth that was happening in the challenges, mm, yeah. um, the positive aspects of it. And, you know, because of an earlier commitment I made to myself, which was I never want to become or I never want to become one of those artists who is living their dream life and doesn't know it or forgets it. Mm, yeah. I realized that I had to let go of venting. Mm. So that was the initial recognition and over the course of the last three years i realized that the initial recognition was really an identity and an ego issue Mm. and it became like oh wow you know i was really over identifying with suffering in many ways That was the one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. You know? That's so real. And over identifying with, oh, I'm so tolerant and Mm. um, resilient. And yes. And I just, I just, which happens to me every couple of years where I just like reach the, I feel, it feels like, it feels like I've reached the end of myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like where I'm just like, where something no longer become sustainable or I finally find stillness long enough to be like oh wow you were really just kind of pushing through and you know in some version of survival mode but your body was clear like your stomach hurt or you know what I mean or you had digestive issues or you in my case I'll get skin rashes Mm. I would get you know like like the body body knows knows. yeah your body knows your body knows it's a sign that something needs to die. Something needs to change. Something yes. needs to... Yes, yeah. yes. Something needs to change. And so often, you know, when I think of 180s, 
the thing that needs to change is me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's hard and what is still hard is when the thing that needs to change is you, it obviously naturally changes your relationships. It changes your, it just changes the dynamic of your life. And, you know, and, and finding the, mm-hmm. whatever that is, that is, the like, the courage, the coping mechanisms, the uh, safe places to process the changes that occur as a result of, you know, the initial um, decision, like it's uh, it's huge. It's work. It's deep spiritual yeah. work. Yeah. Wow. That's that's powerful just because I've never thought of venting as uh, a negative, quote unquote, negative thing or a, a way of, like you said, leaning into suffering, identifying with suffering. But yes, for sure. You know, I never did either. I think, you know, a lot of our friendships are it's beautiful how to have a safe space to vent. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely don't want to be misunderstood, but you know, over the course of the last three years, I've like studied joy and, you know, um, happiness mm. and, and scientifically venting does not make us feel better, which I was just like, I felt so, it was so interesting and convicting for me just because yeah. I was like, yeah, this is something I do and I don't feel better. Right, right. Like I don't, I don't feel vindicated. I don't feel like, you know, I don't get off the phone being like, ah. Right. And now I know what to do. It's like, yeah, I'm still mad. mad. Yeah. You know, and, and I turn my, I turn my venting into, uh, just being more solutions oriented. Mm -hmm. Like instead of, you know, venting to a friend, I go, okay, is this thing, is this a temporary, you know, something that I, that I know is going to end and I need to just be like, I got to choose my battle. Is this a choose your battles moment? Mm. Is this a real safety concern that needs to be addressed and really venting is procrastination from in in conflict avoidance right yes yeah am i being am i being my conflict conflict avoidance self mm-hmm. you know because so, yeah, somebody's a peacemaker you know what i mean right Ooh, yes so i had to really um you know bump up that kind of the self-awareness to go what can i replace the venting with Mm -hmm. um and you know when i started to do that that's when everything started to feel like significantly lighter yeah and my perspective in the moment you know um and my capacity to kind of see things from you know a more macro lens to be like i know what this is yeah you know just really increased because i wasn't looking at it through a lens of like anger or frustration or any of those emotions that kind of narrow, you know, your vision. Wow. And I think also about like journaling, especially within the last couple of years has been really important for me to be able to look at my own thoughts, be able to, uh, yeah, look at my, my own thinking and not have it be, well, my friend said this and, you know, and (laughs) well, they think this, so maybe I should, it's like, no, it really own your feelings, own your ability to solve the problem. Yeah, your point of view. And um, so I love I love this idea of letting go of venting and watching how replacing, finding the right things to replace it with can really transform your experience, your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so then yeah. who would you say 
you were before that decision and who you say you are after it? I think any choice you make just, you know, there's a fantastic um, podcast. I'm recommending a podcast on your podcast. That's funny. <laughs> um, also very healing centric. It's called homecoming. Mm. Um, but any decision you make, you know, when you when you kind of like reach the end of your own line, it's just meant to bring you closer to who you are, like who you actually are, you know, and, you know, who I am, who we all are, is hopefully not not entirely. This isn't universal, <laughs> but you know, at, it's like at your best, you are love, right? Mm-hmm. Like at our best, at our best, at our most whole, we can bring joy and um, love and wholeness to to others. But it's so much harder to do that. You know, when you're operating from a place of survival. Yeah. Or just trying to make it through, Mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like, you know, anytime that I become disconnected from the core of who I am or, you know, as much as that always changes, there is a certain purity, you know? Like I was thinking about it yesterday. You know, there's a photo. There's a couple of photos. You look at yourself when you're a kid. And there's a purity to um, who that person was, you know? At my core, I'm soft, like radically soft and unapologetic about it, you know? So anything, when I'm behaving outside of, when I'm behaving in a way that's potentially passive aggressive, defensive, or anything that's like a shield or a cover mm. to how soft and vulnerable I actually am. I know that I, that's not me. Yeah. You know? Um, when I react in a way that's not radically compa- compassionate. Mm. Like when someone when someone lashes out at me and I don't take a deep breath and know that there something's happening with them. Yeah. You know? Like that's not me. Mm. I'm a person who always knows that the world does not fucking revolve around me <laughs> and anything could be happening, you know, in the lives of another person at any given moment. Yeah. You know, and allowing them the grace to have that moment is who I am, you know. So it's just that it's like anything that really you can feel it. You can intuit it. You know, you know, when you're not yourself, mm-hmm. you know, when you're operating out of fear or you know, uh, a place that's more like frantic or desperate. Right, you just know it. Yeah. Yeah. You just know it. Well, and the idea, I mean, consistently we're on this journey of getting to know ourselves and owning who we are and loving who we are and having the capacity to love the world around us <laughs> as well. And it's so, it's so beautiful to hear about your 180 that you shared with us having to do with owning that, you know, it's my responsibility to love myself more. It's my responsibility to figure out the best ways to do that and to let go of habits that are not allowing for me to do that. Um, Yeah. So as we continue to like, just talk about the journey of healing and self-love are there certain practices whether daily or monthly are there certain things that you make sure you do to kind of take care of yourself and make sure you're loving on yourself oh my goodness um (laughs) it's changed yeah you know it's so funny i think it's changed for everybody but the funniest part about um 
I was already, I mean, I've always been relatively like a material and very like, you know, not stuff oriented. Uh-huh. So that didn't really, ch- didn't really change <laughs> for me during the pandemic. Right, right. <laughs> but it was really funny uh, to watch people kind of acknowledge how, for example, like, skin my skincare routine like wasn't really <laughs> like that's not like yes like yes it's self-care you know but like <laughs> right what is it is it also like <laughs> really vain yeah yeah it's it just weird. you know it's a combination of things yeah so um it's it's my my that is to say my communication uh around self-care has become more transparent Mm -hmm. you know uh and i only hope to continue to to do that and be that and um a lot of the things that i do daily um are again super scientifically proven and Mm. everyone has access to yeah you know i just walked before this uh podcast I walk my dog for an hour. (laughs) You know, like I said, I'm glad the sun's out and that it's not raining. And I just... um, Let me soak up the sun. Let me soak up the sun. I have a dog, which is another big thing. I'm big on animals. I've like grew up with a cat. I had a cat. Now I have a a puppy, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, (laughs) First dog. You're like, oh, you're in your 30s. You're going to get a dog. Never had a dog before in your life. Never had a dog before my life. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm a dog mom now. <laughs> um, so, but Oberon brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. Like, a lot <laughs> of joy. He's hilarious. Funny enough, what was that? What year was that? Yeah, the summer of 2019, I was doing, I was speaking um, at this event. And this numerologist named Jessica Lignato. Mm read me my read me my rights she told me all about myself backstage really like unprompted wow yes and she said go ahead and get a therapist for your privileged problems <laughs> she said that she did You're real bold she said get a therapist for your hollywood problems and i did that yes so that was the fall of uh 2019 and you know i found a black woman therapist who's amazing Mm-hmm. Um, it's both everything you need in the therapist. She's affirming, but also challenging. Amen. I'm just going to, ooh, and hallelujah to therapy because I do really think therapy is so helpful and, um, it needs to be discussed more and more. It is, it's currently being discussed more and more, but I don't think you can discuss it enough. I agree. So I, I'm like, yes, people get your therapist. I have a therapist. I think it's, it's a black woman. And I think it is empowering and yeah. so important to uh, to s- growth. Yes. And if you want to grow, it is a great way <laughs> to help you to grow. So yep. therapy, therapy, Heal therapy. and grow. Yes. Heal and grow. Absolutely. Message. And then, you know, I... <laughs> it's funny. This one's funny. It's funny to me. It's <laughs> funny to nobody else. It's funny to me because speaking back on 15-year-old me... Uh-huh. So for context, everybody. Here's for context. <laughs> for context, I was not an athletic child. Okay? <laughs> I was not even remotely an athletic child. Uh-huh. 
You know, like I was a cheerleader, but like I was the base. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. <laughs> you were holding everybody else up. I was holding everybody else up. <laughs> like I did track and field, but like shot putting discus. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. <laughs> so all that to say, I hated running. Like I was in junior reserve officer training corps. So I was in JROTC mm-hmm. and, you know, we had these like physical tests. So I remember explicitly having to run the mile and i remember <laughs> in my body pretending to pass out <laughs> pretending to pass out pretending this is before i started acting this is my freshman year <laughs> pretending to pass out uh-huh <laughs> one lap into running four laps oh my gosh because that's how much i hated running <laughs> so about a month ago that was for con- for context that was for context that's for context for context so a month ago, I decided that I am a runner now. Ooh. So I decided to start running. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to start running. And what's funny about it is, obviously, I always knew that exercise equaled endorphins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been like, I've been weightlifting for years and all that kind of stuff. But when I tell you there are no endorphins like runner's endorphins. Wow. I, I mean, I, I run from time to time, I'm a, but I wouldn't call myself a runner, but. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm a runner now, and I'm a little upset that actual runners did not tell me about these delicious runner endorphins, because they are delicious. <laughs> well, y'all need to find out about these runner endorphins. I think I'm going to try to find out over the next few months. <laughs> if you hear me talk about running, I'm like, get these endorphins, y'all. Get these endorphins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It is like that exact energy. That exact energy is how it makes you feel. You're like, oh, wow. <laughs> How about that? So that's nice. a big one. And then eating well. And I know that yeah. you also, like you said, you're being more transparent about your journey with self-care on your Instagram account at Dewanda Wise. You often are posting things that are about kind of taking care of yourself and how you're navigating self-care and, and yeah. that journey. Yeah. That's a new, you know, what happened was is I'll tell you what happened. So again, kind of along the same lines of just when you get like sick of shit mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God. Um, in 2019, and this was this was long before, you know, nobody likes social media. Everybody's on it, but nobody really likes it. That's it's just reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. So no one likes social media, but everybody's on it. But I, again, testing the boundaries and the limits of like, do we have to do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was just kind of like, well, these people aren't on social media, so I'm going to delete it. Because, you know, at that point, my social media was just what I called D-Magazine. Right, you know? right, right. It was just D-Magazine. <laughs> it was just really pretty photos of myself. Right. The next one. You know? The next photo shoot. There's the, the next, next one. one. Yeah. There's the next photo shoot and the next photo shoot. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need beauty and light in the world. But as for me and my house, I was just like, I just I'm like this don't represent me. This doesn't represent me. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't represent me at all, right? Um, so I deleted it, and you know, um, my team transparently again was just kind of like, for real, Dewanda, can you like stop being this person and just get back on social media? So now I'm back, and before I got back on. I was just like, how do I do this in a way that doesn't make me feel gross Mm. and in a way that 
as you just said, is more representative of like who I actually am. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that feels a little more of service. Like yeah. I think about the accounts that I really appreciate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There there are books that I've read that I wouldn't have known about right. if it weren't for social media. So obviously it's not all bad. And, um, you know, it's just uh, kind of that notion of being the change and being like, all right, well, what do I want to see? So let me just do that. So what do you want to see? What is the change you'd like to see in the world? That's it. Preachery. Um, Yay. Okay, so we're going to wrap up with a quote, and I just want to get your um, reaction to this quote. Okay. People have forgotten this truth, the fox said, but you mustn't forget it. You become responsible forever for what you've tamed. You're responsible for your rose. And that's from The Little Prince. You're responsible for what you've tamed. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for your rose. You're responsible. Wow. <laughs> it's like, hmm. <laughs> we'll just sit in silence with that one. But no, it's... What? It's, uh... Yeah. I mean, I think discussing with you your journey and elements of your journey it's like a really beautiful lesson and a responsibility and i think that is something that as humans at moments we can be like oh i want to blame it on this and i want to make it about this and i just did i wasn't born into this and all these excuses that's at the core of what it was i've always been i've come from a family of entrepreneurs you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like personal responsibility yeah it's such a core value that when i'm that's what it was that's such a core value that getting away from it is like oh no that's not you know because there are like there's systems Mm -hmm. and discrimination and all these things that are undeniable right life is really hard (laughs) life is really hard you know and nothing should take away from the very real challenges um that are present in your life nothing however you know to to not be able to distinguish the difference between you know the inevitable immutable you know um long-standing challenges and the ones that the things that you can change Mm -hmm. or change your perspective of immediately yes you know it's it's just it's an important skill well thank you thank you thank you dewanda for dropping gems and and messages and um, <laughs> <laughs> for having a good time with us as i mentioned earlier you can stay connected with dewanda on instagram at dewanda wise um and you fatherhood is coming out on netflix june June 18th. So this is going to be out around then. So y'all make sure you check out Fatherhood and look out for Jurassic World Dominion uh, (laughs) (laughs) next summer. And I'm sure between now and next summer, you have some other things happening because you be staying busy and blessed. Um, (laughs) But thank you so much, Dewanda, for being here, for talking with us at the 180. Thank you for having me. You're the best. Thank you all for joining us. The 180 is produced by David Treatman with audio production and editing by Mike Luno. Original music composed by Jarrett Landon and sung by yours truly and digital portraits by Byron McRae. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. We need your help to spread the love and inspiration. 
Follow us on all social media at The180Pod and visit our website at www.the180pod.com. If you want to help support these stories, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. You can get access to chat more with me. You can also get exclusive content, merchandise, and you can hear episodes early. Visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the180pod. Until next time, I'm your host, Eric Lockley. Take care and be blessed. Know that you'll have a blessing if you just keep on pressing. Don't stop, keep going, you can turn it around. The 180, yes, it's a big change. The 180, your life won't be the same. The 180, you can do it. Say yes to your beautiful future. The 180, yeah.